Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. And uh, God began to add to the church, uh, brand new people, and we were very happy. In 2010, we took a trip to the Philippines, and then 11 and 12, we went to Antigua. In 2013, I got invited to go to India. Uh, so I went on a 14 day trip, uh, with a group of brethren to, uh, do vacation Bible schools and help out in crusades. And, uh, I hated it. Um, uh, everybody there drove very crazy. Nobody obeyed the traffic laws and everybody, I mean, everybody, uh, drove like a bat out of Kansas city, Missouri. And, uh, I'm telling you that, uh, it was scary. I was close to God the whole time I was there. I never had to go pre-service prayer. I just got in the car with the driver and began to immediately talk in another language. I didn't know if it was Hindi or Bengali or English or, uh, and I knew some of them. In between me praying in tongues or whatever I was praying in and holding on to uh, the other brethren, they had to stick me up front. I don't know why that is in those cars. Uh, I guess they wanted some cushion, a brace. If we had a wreck, you know, we wouldn't get them before me. I don't know, but I love the brethren anyway. But I was stuck up front uh, with my knees in the dashboard uh, and, uh, uh, and in between me praying in tongues, I had the window rolled down and I'd be yelling at them and I, I would be yelling a word I hope none of them, uh, some words I hope none of them knew and I would say, idiots, where did you get your driver's license from the Cracker Jack box? You're an idiot. Then I'd roll the wind up and talk in tongues for a while and then I would roll my window down and scream at them because, uh, you know, there's no such thing as a one-way road there, one-way uh, street. Everybody drives. Uh, you have human rickshaw wallers. Uh, these are things, people that pull you. Then you have uh, the guy on the rickshaw. He pedals you and you're up high. Then you have little, like, golf carts. They're called uh, CNGs. You have them. Then you have bicycles. You have about 15 million trillion motorcycles. Uh, and then you have people walking in the middle of all that in the street. Then you got cows that are laying out in the middle of the road, like for their Sunday, uh, uh, their evening stroll, and they don't move for nobody, and nobody's going to go and kick them and get them out of the road because they're gods. So then you got horses and you got donkeys, and I sit there, uh, not that time, but I, I sit there one night. We was at a stop sign, and nobody, everybody was afraid to go forward because there was this bull somehow got loose in the middle of the street. And I mean, we, we just took a front seat. I mean, we was the first one in line. The light was green, but that wouldn't matter anyway. Uh, red, it turned a bunch of colors. And this bull was out in the middle of the street, and uh, he, was, uh, he threw a bicycle way over here, and he grabbed a hold of this guy, and he threw him over. And this was a mad bull. We was just like, hey, this is a rodeo man I never saw nothing like that <laughs> anyway that's the kind of stuff they have then we finally got by this bull and uh I I told the officer that I had to the driver I said oh Tomo you know uh, I began to talk to him and he stopped and talked to the police and um, the police said huh <laughs> I'm not going there <laughs> so anyway that's about normal uh but after I come back from that trip uh uh, I've arrived in Chicago, flew into Chicago. I actually got down and I kissed the ground in Chicago, Illinois. I don't know what it's dirty. I don't know who's, yes, it was, it was the ground. <clears throat> kissed it that first time on that trip. I was tired of the heat. It was 130 degrees there. Nobody had air conditioning. 
I'm used to air conditioning. I don't like Indian food too much. I mean, when you eat it three times a day for 14 days, it's not good. (laughs) And uh, then uh, they have open sewages. Can you imagine that? I told my wife when I got back, that's got to be harmful. Then people's got to, something's wrong with them. Uh, I mean, yeah, I better stop there. Anyway, and many other things that I didn't like in the traffic. And so I came home from that and went back to my church. I was so happy to get back to America. And then uh, this is just personal to me. Then the Lord began to speak to me. He asked me what I was accomplishing in doing crusades. So I thought that's kind of a silly question. You know, people's getting the Holy Ghost. Isn't it great? And he said, uh, he said to me, uh, well, he said, my son, uh, you realize that uh, out of all the buses that you, uh, uh, that they, uh, they, they bust all those people there for those crusades. Do you realize that most of them will go back to villages with no churches? I'm like, no. And do you realize that the ones that go back to, to villages with churches, that they will not know how to take them to another level, and they need apostolic teaching and training? And I said, okay, Lord. So I'll, I'll support the missionary to India. Where's he at? I'll support him and how many ever they are there. I know, come on, it's the second largest country in the world. There's 1.6 billion people there right now. Seventh largest country in landmass and the second largest by population. Lord, I'll, I'll help them. And, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, there's no missionaries in India. And there hadn't been for 25 years since the schisms left. And I said, well, Lord, <laughs> send somebody, Lord. I mean, it was like, the bobber was going up and down, and I just didn't have no recollection. And the Lord said, I am going to send someone. I said, oh, yes, Lord, I'll support him. (laughs) He said, I'm sending you. And I'm like, no, you're not either. No, no. So for about three months, I had this losing war battle with God, and I didn't have no reason to leave Shawano. My heart was broke. It still is in a way. Uh, I love Shawano. I wanted to retire there. I'm 50 years old. Who wants to be a missionary when they're 50 years old? Well, I guess I did. Then, I guess so. I commit to do it. I surrender. I resign the church. And then they asked me to stay till they find a pastor. What a great honor. Brother Welch, the presbyter, allowed me to do that. The board did. And I stayed until they found a pastor. And then we had my funeral service. That was very sad. And uh, then we left. I officially resigned. Uh, Michael McKinnis is the new pastor. And as far as I know, you know, I have people ask me all the time, like, uh, how's he doing there? Like, I don't know. (laughs) You know, I've been in India. (laughs) You know, I have people ask me at my table, uh, is my wife going to India with me? No, I'm going to leave her here for four years. (laughs) We have a really better relationship like that, you know. So anyway, the story goes on. 
I, I've been in the thousands and third churches and I've learned so many things. <laughs> Glory. So uh, then I went to meet the board. I was so excited. I said, God's called me to India. And they said to me, Brother Kylie, you can't go to India. I'm like, I resigned my church. What am I supposed to do? They said, we don't know, but you can't go to India because you've got to have a missionary supervisor. And there's no missionaries in India, so pick another country. Oh, I walked away from that meeting brokenhearted. I didn't plan. I just heard the, heard the will of, I heard God speak to me, and, and I did what I, I thought, you know, that I was supposed to do. Then Charles Robinette asked me to come to Germany to go to the uh, German-speaking nation. That was exciting. Wow. So I got approved to go to Germany, and that was good. And I'm raising money to go to Germany. And after about five months of raising money to go to Germany, six months, I just said, no, I'm not going to Germany. I'm going to India. And uh, so I traveled, for, I traveled for 18 months, my first deputation. No global mission. I was a namer, so nobody called, made uh, appointments for me to go. God opened up doors for me for 18 months. Ten of those months I traveled by myself. And I gave people my passion. And I told them about a country that I couldn't go to. And people partnered with me all over America, even though I wasn't approved to go to India. And finally, uh, I went to Bangladesh, which is a nation right next to India. And from there, after 13 months of being in Bangladesh, teaching in Bible colleges, and starting up Sunday schools all over the nation of Bangladesh, which is 150 million people the size of Wisconsin. 150 million Muslims, 85 to 90% Muslim. We were scared to death. When we left, AYC was planning to come, uh, and two weeks before they was to come, a terrorist attack came, and 27 foreigners were killed. They were after us, and we were scared for our life everywhere we went, preaching there, but God kept his hand upon us. And we've been in close shaves of bullets and guns and thank God for Sheets for Christ vehicles that move the gospel. I didn't have one, but I was with a career missionary, James Corbin, who had one, a 27-year career missionary. And thank God for reverse because we used it. When you get about three women in there and they get to screaming, you back up. And when guns are firing and, and you're right in the middle of things, uh, it gets dicey. So then after 13 months of being in Bangladesh, as a namer, Brother Corbin and the Global Mission allowed me to go into India and be the only missionary there in a country, as I said, of 1.6 billion people. There I began to start up Sunday schools because they don't have Sunday school. My burden was kids. I went into orphanages and I preached the gospel in a Hindu country where I'm really not even allowed. And I did my gospel illusions with minus the clown suit. And, and in one orphanage, there was 42 kids. And when I left there that afternoon, all 42 children had received the Holy Ghost and were baptized in Jesus. Not baptized, but they were filled with the Holy Ghost in that orphanage. Every child, they never heard of Pentecost. They didn't know about Jesus. Amen. And they come like hungry little kids like they were. And they lifted up their hands. And when I laid hands upon them, the Holy Ghost fell. We didn't have the Mormon Tabernacle Choir there. Amen. I didn't have a big group of Pentecostals with me. It was just me and my wife and a national pastor. 
And God began to move. We did Sunday school seminars. We called the Wisconsin District. We said, we need $3,000 for a children's camp. We can put 300 kids in this building and house them and feed them for three days. Can you imagine that? 10 bucks a day, 10 bucks for a day for each child. That's feeding them and boarding them and giving them an ice cream cone at the end of the three days of which they have never had before. And in that services in that, those camps, the first one we did, the second day, the power of God came in that place. Uh, amen. A bunch of Hindu and Muslim kids are in there worshiping God. They don't know anything. And the power of God knows something, though. It knows where there's hunger. And it knows where, amen, somebody's crying out for help. And the power of God fell in that place. And 200 children, uh, as national pastors begin to go around, they heard over 200 children speaking in other tongues that they had never heard before. Some of them were speaking in English and they were saying, God, you are one. God, you are awesome. God, you are wonderful. And they were giving praise and worship to God and they had never spoke a word in English before. Amen. Hallelujah. Then we went from there. We began to teach in Bible colleges. And, and uh, thank God for the United Pentecostal Church International. We have now seven Bible colleges in India that the United Pentecostal Churches have built. Right now, in November, uh, we are breaking ground in Kolkata. I'm planning on being there uh, like two miles from where I did live in Kolkata, India. Uh, they're breaking ground. Uh, just just paid for the property, and we're we're breaking ground. Brother Hal will be there if he's able to travel, but situation with his wife and uh, people from headquarters will be there, regional directors, and they're going to break ground for the TF10 Memorial Bible Institute that's starting to be built in in Kolkata, India, the first of its kind. Amen. That brother TF10 left for his legacy because he loved Kolkata, India. Amen. So we're going to show a film, and uh, I'm taking an awful lot of time. But uh, we're going to show a video. You're going to see God moving amongst people that are not emotional. The, the, the Asian people, uh, they don't sit together in church. There's no men sit by their wives. Nobody touches. You don't put your arm around your wife. They're, they're very uh, private, and uh, I hope this is the right film. Is this the eight-minute long one, brother? It's eight minute long. I hope so. Um, my wife is not here and I need help. So go ahead and play it. It is what it is. Worship the Lord. It is believed that Christianity came to India in the first century. Jesus named 12 men to be apostles and commissioned them to take the gospel to the whole world. Matthew 28, 18 and 20. One of those was Bartholomew and another was Thomas, John 20, 24. Both Bartholomew and Thomas came to India and preached the apostolic message until their death. The seed of the word that was preached is still spreading across this nation. We are excited to be part of continuing to take the apostolic message to the nation of India. We are so thankful that God has called us into missions. We arrived in South Asia at the end of 2014, and we've been privileged to minister here the last three years. As we've traveled throughout these countries, God has put such a love in my heart for these precious people. 
So many are blinded by traditions, fears, and superstitions. We see their hopelessness, their hunger to know more about God. The things that we've heard all of our lives and take for granted, they've never even heard them before. They're receptive to the gospel as they search for spiritual enlightenment. I'm so thankful that I know that there's only one God, and His name is Jesus. He has all power in heaven and earth, and I can have a relationship with Him. I don't have to serve my God out of fear, but I can worship Him out of love. In our travels, we have been privileged to see a powerful demonstration of the Holy Ghost. AYC came to India in July 2015. A young child was raised from the deathbed. Blind eyes were opened. Over 100 received the Holy Ghost. In an Easter service, children being blessed, seeing hundreds of children filled with the Holy Ghost in a children's camp. As the saints of God rejoiced at the end of a minister's conference. In an orphanage where all 42 children received the Holy Ghost and were slain in the spirit for 30 minutes or more. In pastor's conferences, seeing pastors and wives receive the Holy Ghost, also Trinitarian pastors receiving the Holy Ghost and taking the message back to their church and the national pastors traveling there to continue teaching them and baptizing congregations in the name of Jesus Christ. We have witnessed about 4,500 receiving the Holy Ghost and seen many baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. We are so thankful to God for what He's done and is continuing to do. India has a population of over 1.3 billion, but only 2.3% are Christians. It is an unreached harvest field. Millions are hungry and crying out for help that only Jesus can give. street holding a sign I know what it says but look in my eyes I need more than money I am the single mother of three I know how it looks but please don't condemn me I need you to reach me for me will you speak to me be moved by compassion for me help me i'm falling does anybody hear me calling now i'm calling out for help i'm in too deep to save myself for i myself for oh, I need someone to help me I'm the lawyer you met in the coffee shop I know I seem fine but really I'm not my life is crashing I'm the 
city you drive through On your way to work Can't you hear my streets crying Full of pain and hurt Send me a preacher Will you reach to me Please preach to me There's not much time Help me I'm falling Does anybody Hear me calling Now I'm calling out for help I'm in Too deep To save myself For I Save myself For I need Someone to help most important thing you can do to help is to pray for the nation of India and the Mark Harris family. Second, you can become a monthly supporter with Partners in Missions. And finally, you can make a sacrificial one-time offering to finance a children's camp. Whatever you do, we want to thank you in advance for your giving and for your prayers. God bless you. Please don't condemn me I need you to reach me Will you pray for me? Our hands and give God praise for what He's doing around the world. Amen. Hallelujah. When we left in November, we left India, we moved all of our stuff. We had $1,100 worth of luggage to bring back to America to start our deputation. <clears throat> and uh, uh, for security reasons and because the government is always trying to find us and it's a worrisome thing, uh, they have now, as of yesterday, Global Mission has appointed me to Cambodia as missionary evangelist and all of Asia and the regional director who lives in Thailand, Brother Lyndon Shaw, will be my missionary supervisor and I will be traveling in Laos and Thailand, Cambodia, India, Japan and China, Sri Lanka and Nepal preaching the gospel through every nation. Amen. All of these nations as an evangelist Amen. Taking children's ministry to them. Also uh, uh, doing pastor's conferences and training. And uh, we're thankful. It's such, uh, we just, uh, just, just yesterday. Uh, so we're very excited. Uh, we still get to go into India. We're just not able to live there. 
<clears throat> so uh, it was what we were doing in India anyway, but it just raises uh, questions when you are, are there for long periods of time because uh, uh, no foreigner is allowed in the country to preach. If you are caught, uh, well, we just don't want to be caught. So now we won't have that over us and being uh, kind of worried uh, when you're interrogated and harassed at, and, and interrogated uh, at, at um, immigration for three hours while you're waiting to get a plane to go to Vietnam uh, and they hold the plane up and uh, it's quite frightening. <clears throat> uh, but thank God that he's taking care of us. Isn't God good to all of us? Amen. We're having a tremendous deputation. We're seeing God do mighty powerful things uh, on the road uh, since November, and uh, they're wanting us to hurry up and get back. And we're we're booked until the end of July already, just solid. Uh, and uh, we're just so thankful for that, and uh, and glad to be with you tonight. Thank you so much. If you have your Bibles, turn to First John chapter five, verse four. And then uh, we would ask you to also uh, direct your attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 through 58. Amen. Uh, I uh, uh, believing tonight that uh, someone uh, will receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost at the end of the service today. Amen. Amen. I wonder if there's anyone here that needs to receive the Holy Ghost. Anyone here that you do not have the Holy Ghost? Uh, never received it before? Uh, well, <clears throat> well, I know I can get a hand on this. How many need a miracle in your body? Amen. Five of you. So, man, that's a well church. That's good. Uh, but uh, I know there's a... A lot of uh, here, we're believing good God to do some great things and strengthen and encourage our faith. Amen. First Corinthians, I'm sorry, First John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 through 58. But thanks be to God which gives to us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Why don't you put your Bibles down and clap your hands together. Let's give God some more praise in the house. Amen. We lose the gift of faith in the house. Bind every spirit that would oppose the work of God, whether human or demonic. In the name of Jesus, I loose the gift of faith in his house tonight. I'm believing you, Lord, and I'm trusting you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, Jesus. Display your, manifest your power. Manifest your works in this house tonight. Amen. We give you praise for it. Amen, amen, amen. And tonight I would like to title this message, Your Victory is on His Train. Your victory is on his train. God bless you. You may be seated. Everybody say victory. victory. Yes, it's a wonderful thing. Everyone wants it in their personal walk with God. Everyone wants it in their prayer life. Amen. The heartbeat of every pastor 
Every evangelist, every missionary uh, is to have victory uh, in their respective city, state, uh, nation, or country. Amen. Uh, and I believe that there's victory in the camp tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Because uh, God is on the throne. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And prayer changes things. Uh, and I believe that there's some prayers that have been going up uh, Hallelujah. In this city, in this church for this city, I believe that there's prayers going up for your family members. I mean, he's got lost loved ones in your family. You got backslid children. I want you to know that don't ever give up. God's word will come to pass. Hallelujah. This March 14th, just about, well, almost a month ago, we was in Arkansas and my brother was celebrating his 50th uh, uh, birthday, and all the siblings was coming in. There are six of us, and I am the second youngest uh, out of the six, three boys and three girls. Uh, and uh, I felt led to call my sister, who's been backslid for 43 years. Uh, and so they were all coming in on Thursday night. So uh, when I pulled up to the church I was going to be at on Wednesday night, uh, I... I uh, pushed my Bluetooth and I called my sister and I got her voicemail. Wow, I was glad for that. I said, I've had you on my heart, Alice, and, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow and, and celebrating Steve, my brother's birthday, and uh, who was the youngest uh, at 50 years old uh, on that 14th. And, and I said, you know, uh, Jesus is coming soon, and I, I don't mean to bother you, but I, I, just, uh, I just felt led to call you, sis, and let you know that uh, your husband I, I, and you, I'd, I'd sure love to... Uh, to talk with y'all, uh, and, and especially your husband, and, 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 and teach him a Bible study while you're coming through. I'm just right here off the highway where you're going to come right by from, uh, from New Orleans, uh, Louisiana tomorrow uh, on your way here. And uh, man, uh, I just felt led to call you, and if I offended you, I'm sorry. And I hope to get a call in the morning that, that y'all want a Bible study and uh, because I, I just believe that, that, that it's time and, and it's urgent that I give you a call. And, and again, I'm looking forward to having some meals with you and can't wait to see. You. And this is, this is your brother, Mark. You know who it is. And I love you. And goodbye. Well, the next morning, Thursday morning, my phone rang at 10 o'clock. My sister said, we left at 5 this morning. And she said, we're 30 minutes from where you are. I said, yeah, Really? 30 minutes? She said, yes, we're 30 minutes. And she said, uh, we wondered, you have some time available today because uh, Mark wants to talk to you about something, her husband. And, uh, and, 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 and then I heard in the phone, uh, somebody said, yeah, about baptism in Jesus' name. And I said, oh, well, I ain't got nothing to do. Of course, I had to load my trailer up to get ready to go, you know, and wash clothes and those things. I'm like, uh, you know, but, 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 but hey, um, everything's fine. Just come on. She said, we'll be there in 30 minutes. So 30 minutes they drove up we hugged and they come into my travel trailer that I have in Arkansas and uh, uh, so I uh, uh, they saw our beautiful travel trailer that God just gave us what a miracle I got so many <laughs> so less time and so many things that's happening and uh, so then we sit down and and I began to teach a Bible study to my brother-in-law my backslid sister who's been raised in the truth all of her life, like all of us have. We got done at 12 o'clock. He asked questions. And uh, 
I guess, of course, I was sitting right next to the church, right next to the gym of this huge church in, in Arkansas, and uh, I had the key, you know. I knew the baptistry was full of water, and it was warm because they had an autumn automatic temperature thing on it I done checked everything out and because uh, you know I, 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 I'm a smart guy that day anyway uh, so uh, you know I, uh, I uh, he said uh, I said well it's time to go eat you know because we Pentecostals we got to go eat <laughs> you know it's food fellowship and faith we you know anyway uh, so he said I want to be baptized so I said, well, I had the key to the baptistry, to the church, and the baptistry's full of water. <laughs> so we went over to the church, and my sister and uh, him began to repent, just us four in this big church with a big balcony. And, and, uh, and I called the pastor, and I told him what we were doing. He said, go ahead, brother. That's great. I'm so happy. I wish I could be there, but I'm out of pocket. And uh, I got back there, and, and Mark got in the water, and uh, Mark said, I said, now, Mark, I'm going to baptize you in Jesus' name, and when you come up out of the water... You're going to be speaking in tongues and you will be filled with the Holy Ghost. And he said, what if I'm not? I said, you're going to be filled. Don't worry about it. It's going to happen. He said, but what if I'm not? About that second, what if I'm not? I almost wanted to rear back and splash a little water on him, you know. And, uh, and then I said, you will be. It's okay. And uh, he said, but Mark, what, what, if, what if I don't get the Holy Ghost? And I said, you know what? You're in the water and I'm baptizing you. And you ain't getting out of the water till you got the Holy Ghost because I'm not letting you out of here. And he did the same thing you did. And he laughed. He said, well, he said, since that's the case, I guess I'm going to get the Holy Ghost in, aren't I? I said, right now, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And he come up out of the water speaking in tongues. My sister immediately spoke with tongues, began to pray through. Amen. In a big church at, at 12 o'clock. Amen. On March the 14th, celebrating, fixing to go celebrate my brother's birthday. You just never know. Amen. What are you going to do? I'm going to continue to be steadfast, unmovable because my victory is going to come. What I have prayed for and what I have fasted for and what I am believing for, it will come to pass. The, Jesus said that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Clap your hands and thank him, amen, for the victory that's coming your way. There's victory. See, in Psalms 139, verse 9, it makes some awesome declarations. The first declaration, uh, Psalms 139 and 9, uh, uh, declares to us is that God is omnipresent. Uh, this means he is everywhere at all times. Uh, the second one is God is omnipotent. Uh, this means he is all-powerful. And the third declaration uh, is that God is omniscient. This means he is all-knowing. Uh, God knows the past. Uh, he knows the present. Uh, and he knows the future. Why don't you shout hallelujah? Revelation 13 and 8 says he is a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. In Revelation 1 and 8, Jesus speaking here, he says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. He was the lamb. He was the sacrifice that was slain. And he is the only one that lives in the past, present, and future. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, Isaiah penned these words, In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train. I saw also the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. <laughs>
I wondered about that. And so there's many uh, uh, different uh, interpretations of what that means. But the one that I would like to use tonight that goes along with my thought is that uh, uh, when the king... Uh, 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 the kings uh, of, of the Bible times, uh, when they uh, went to uh, fight a battle, uh, they sent in a team uh, of special warriors into uh, where the king was at uh, and, and when they invaded the country. Uh, and there they killed all his bodyguards uh, and they killed the king. And their number one goal was uh, to take their knives and to cut off uh, the skirt uh, from uh, that king uh, and to take his robe uh, and so when they went back to their country to give, they gave their, that king's robe that was cut off to their king. And there they sewed it on and they added it to the length of whatever it was, which automatic told every automatically showed that this was the king that just won the battle. And he had, amen, the robe to prove it. He had a train. But Isaiah said, in the year that King Uzziah died, the heavens opened up and I got a glimpse into something I don't understand. I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. On the train was uh, the victory over the Egyptians, uh, over all the enemies that came against his chosen people, Israel. From the very beginning of time, uh, every victory that he had won, uh, but not only uh, the ones uh, in the past uh, and the ones in the present, uh, but the victories of the future because Jesus uh, lives in uh, the past, present, and future. He knows what your victory is, amen, and he sees it. That's why I can't give up on my prayer time. I gotta keep on believing God, Amen, because the victory will come if I hold on. Your victory is on his train. Amen. Amen. Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he said, we speak the wisdom of God, the mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The devil doesn't know your victory because he is, omnip he is not omnipotent. He is not omnipresent and he is not omniscient. God is the only one who knows all. Amen. Not just the ones of your past, not just the ones right now, but he knows, God knows the ones of your future and not a devil in hell can stop. Amen. What God is going to do in this church and for you and your family. Hallelujah. Telling you, this is such remarkable times we're living in. You say, oh yeah, but the politics has me scared. Hey, just remember that God's in charge of everything. And understand that the Bible says that when they make void thy law, that's when I'm moving. My brother he told me in India, he said, I run into your old friend, you know, the one that his dad was a pastor of free church. And when we were growing up, we, we went up to 
his church and had sings parade. They had sings parade every Saturday night. They opened it up for like the community. And we'd always go up there and sing. And I got to be friends with this free church pastor's son. Now, mind you, I haven't saw him in 30 years. But now he's the pastor of the church that his father was. And not that church only, but they had such growth that they built a big, beautiful church right outside of town, fan-shaped, and in a town of about 4,000 people. A church of about 400 is a good size, and anywhere for that matter. So, Pastor Steve... My friend that I haven't saw in 30 years asked my brother what I was doing. My brother told him, oh, he's a missionary. Steve said, well, is he going to come home anytime soon? He said, yeah, he's coming home pretty soon. He's going to start a deputation. He said, well, tell Mark to call me. He yeah, sure love to have him come and preach for me. So my brother told me that. So I said to my brother, well, okay, thank you. And I thought to myself, you know, I can't preach for that guy. I mean, he's, he's done lost whatever his, uh, whatever his dad had that was any close to the truth. He's done went way far from that. <clears throat> so I came in. I'm at a restaurant in my hometown visiting my brother. This guy comes up to me. It's Pastor Steve. He's got all his family. And he, uh, he invites me again to his church. I said, you know, I, I'm really booked, but I'll see what I can do. Liar, liar. You know, but, but you know, I, I had to be kind. And, uh, uh, well, I'm, maybe not. Uh, but, uh, and uh, so then he asked me about three times in the middle of our, during our conversation about family. And so finally I asked him after the fourth time, I said, Steve, I said, you know, I'm UPC. Okay, now what do you want me to come to your church? He said, Mark, he said, our people need the baptism. He said, I haven't saw you in 30 years but I, I know your family. And he said, I trust you. And as anybody that can come to my church that's in the UPC, it's you. And he said, I got 250 people in my church that needs the baptism. And if you come, I believe that 250 of them will receive the baptism. He said, we need the baptism. I said, oh, well, So I went. First, I went on a Wednesday night. Six people got the Holy Ghost. And while I preached, he, he wanted me to do whatever I did while I was on deputation. And so I did that. And while I preached, everybody had their mouth wide open. And I ran up and down the aisles and I was like a buffoon. And uh, I was on fire. And, and uh, I preached on Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, and Acts 2, 38. And I showed my video. And, and, uh, and then... Uh, Service was over and, and people got ministered to and then I, I left. I got my check and then I left. These people flooded Facebook the next day. 
they went on the Facebook page of their city and they flooded it about what God had did and filled six people with the Holy Ghost. I didn't know, but they were business people that got the Holy Ghost. Then people got on there and started telling them about what was going on to their church. And then that pastor called me back about three days and he said, you got to come back on a Sunday because uh, uh, the whole town is wanting to come out and pastors are wanting to come out because there's something going on and we've never had nothing like this before. So I booked them on a Sunday night. I told them, I said, okay, brother Steve, here's what's going to happen. He said, don't call me brother. I said, okay, Steve, it's just really hard, you know. He said, oh, yeah. I said, okay, Steve. Uh, I called him. I said, I'm coming on this date. And uh, I got a brother to excuse me that's already partnering with me that I've already preached for. And, and, uh, and, I, and I'm uh, going to let me uh, come. And uh, I want you to invite everybody that's in a wheelchair. I want them to come. I want you to get fill them pews up with wheelchairs at the end. You know, I mean, uh, wheelchairs at the end. I want you to have them parked. Everybody that's sick, bring them because we're gonna have a miracle service and the Holy Ghost is gonna fall and 250 people is gonna get the Holy Ghost and we're gonna see God manifest his power in a miraculous way. Well, you know what? When I got there that night, I drove about four or five hours to that city and I, I was out there, uh, you know, just me and my wife, we kind of awkward. Uh, I didn't want to go in early. So we just sat out there and I watched people get out of, you know, those uh, disabled things come out and pick those wheelchairs up and bring those people out. And when I finally got in the church at six o'clock on Sunday night, there were 25 people sitting in wheelchairs facing the pulpit. That's when I got real scared, Pastor Kylie. Bishop, I started praying for Brother Stone King to come on and the spirit of Billy Cole to come up on me and anybody else's spirit that, that got raised the dead, anybody. Where's the Lord God of Elijah? Come on now, amen. Lord have mercy, I need the tabernacle. I'm more of a tabernacle choir right now because it's just me, Lord. You know, and I, you know, it's just me again, Lord, and help. So he did. I preached. I had no idea that the Sunday before I came, the three couples that had been prophesied to that they were going to have children, married couples, mind I tell you, they had already been to the doctor and they had, the doctor told them that they were pregnant and they got up and told the church. One couple, uh, they had five kids already and while they wanted another kid, I had no idea they needed prayer for that in the first place, um, but they, uh, they, uh, uh, they had been praying and God directed me to them and, and uh, they had both had them had medical procedures that it was not possible medically for them to have any children. But she got up the Sunday before I came and said that man that's coming on Sunday night next week is the man that prophesied to me and I'm pregnant with my sixth child and it's impossible for me to have a baby. But God did it. So, uh, so the people's faith was very high. Anyway, by the time the service was over, I never seen anything like it. And this is in the town of Sheridan, Arkansas. 
And uh, there were 25 people that got out of their wheelchairs and they pushed their wheelchairs back home. And 250 people exactly received the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the first time. Amen. Because God is doing things these days that are so far off. Amen. Amen. He baptized 67 people in the name of Jesus Christ in that church. Amen. 67. I see that overseas. I see him baptizing hundreds overseas. Amen. But in America, 67. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was rejoicing when I left, but then I was also aggravated. And I said to my wife, because I couldn't holler at nobody else and get by with it, and I don't get to buy with that too much. But I said to her, what's wrong with us? Amen. God, give us a hungry church. Amen. That's desperate for a move, a revival. So desperate. Amen. That we'll bring them in here that need miracle. That we will actually believe that God can actually heal somebody. You say, I haven't saw it before. It don't matter if you hadn't saw it before. How are we going to see it if we don't bring them in? If we don't have faith to believe? I tell you, God is on the room to move. And the miraculous is happening around the world. I can tell you in India of having people come and sit down in chairs that are blind with blinded eyes and five in a row, God opens up their eyes. I could tell you about God putting eyeballs in, in people's eyes that have none. Amen, as we sit there and we watched it. I can tell you about that video you just saw, amen, where I taught those 11 young men in the first year of their Bible college and only one of them had the Holy Ghost. And when I started teaching on the book of Acts in Acts chapter 10, the, amen, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them just like it did in the house of Cornelius and they all were filled with the Holy Ghost. I didn't lay hands on none of them. It just fell like a blanket. Amen, we are truly living in the last days and anything is possible to him that believeth. Come on, it's time to get your faith back up. It's time to believe God for the miraculous again. Don't tell me what God used to do. Amen, why don't you tell me what God is doing right now? Because it's now faith. We serve a God that is a right now God. And he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think according to the power that worketh within you. told the UPC guy in the next town about what happened I said you know you need to befriend that guy if you don't mind me saying that take him out for coffee then when I found out the other day that nobody's done nothing why aren't we like that we want to see people saved but we you know we're like in our own little clique we got to get out of our clique, the little UPC club. Amen. There are people that are hungry out there. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God doesn't care if you're UPC or not. 
Amen. I'm thankful for the United Pentecostal Church, but just because I carry a card in my pocket don't mean I'm going to heaven. Or just because I went all my life to a United Pentecostal Church don't mean I'm going to heaven. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm in this journey to take somebody with me. I'm gonna be a soul winner. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When I came in in November, took my computer into my wife's computer into the computer shop, prayed the computer, the owner's brother through to the Holy Ghost. After a week, I was in America. I couldn't even function. I just flew 35 hours in the air. And I'm 12 and a half hours behind the time where I was living. I'm so messed up. I shouldn't even be driving. I fall asleep while I'm preaching. It's got problems. Amen. But you know what? If you want to win a soul, you can do it. And if you ain't got a desire to win one, you need to pray through until you get it back again. Like that fresh fire that we had when we first got the Holy Ghost. Where it makes me love everybody. Hello? Give me that old time religion. It was good enough for Paul. It was good enough for Peter. It's good enough for me. Amen. Not it's just not going to do when I am dying or take us all to heaven. But I got to take somebody with me. And so I was in that area for five weeks uh, and I started teaching them. Uh, I'm not a pastor. I started teaching a Bible study. I taught him, I taught his brother and their wife, and I taught their mother, and they brought their kids, his kids, her kids, and their kids with them. Somebody came with them that was a kid. I don't know who they was. But anyway, hey man, I was sitting in the evangelist quarters at that time, at that place, and for five weeks, I based out of that evangelist quarters. After the third Bible study, I took him to the church that was near there, who never had me come preach, amen, hallelujah. And I asked the pastor to open it up, and I baptized him in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. When I was back just a few months ago, I spent three more weeks in Bible study with them. They're all in church still, living for God, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, if a missionary can do that coming off the field, amen, then you know what? I know that we can do it as a church because God has promised us Amen, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That if we go, he will go with us and he will give us the words to say in that time. Hallelujah, and most of us know so much Bible anyway. I mean, I taught Bible study to people in Shano. They were certain denominations of the city, the mainstream denominations. Good people. They didn't know, they had been through the different things to categorize them as members of their church. And the one was my neighbor. All of them were my neighbors because I started a neighborhood Bible study and I started with the oldest woman in the neighborhood that everybody knew. And she'd been there the longest. And Miss Lee, I got her to commit to come to my house for Bible study. And then six houses around me all came to Bible study. And I fed them every week. And I baptized them in Jesus' name. And some of them in church today, my neighbors. But honey, they didn't even know about knowing the ark. 
Miss Lee, who was 70-something, and her dad was a mainstream denominal pastor in that town, and he was deceased. Uh, but uh, uh, she didn't know about Noah and the ark. And, and, and you know, sometimes we think that uh, the enemy wants us to feel that we're, uh, you know, we don't know enough and we're not capable. Amen. But I tell you, we have uh, a lot that has been invested in us, every one of us. Hallelujah. 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 And we are living in revival times. Amen. Amen. Revival and victory in your marriage, on your job, and in your family, and in your finances. Hallelujah. 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 I mean, God's so awesome. He can do so much if we will just believe him a little bit. If we would just have faith as of a grain of mustard seed. <clears throat> that person came into that outside church in India. We were having service and their daughter was on her deathbed being given up by the doctors. And we said, is your wife with your daughter? Or sure, she's at home. The hospital sent her home to die. She's eight years old. She's dying. We can't do nothing. We said, call her, call your mother, call your wife on the phone. He called his wife on the phone. And I told the translator, we told the translator, tell him we're going to pray for this girl on this phone. Put this phone right by your daughter's ear and we're going to command that disease to leave her body and we're going to command death to leave her and life come back into her and totally heal her body. I told the church what we were going to do so through the translator of course and everybody began to pray and then me and other missionary we began to pray through that phone. And then we hung up. The service was not over till the phone rang and they said the girl's up and she wants to be fed. And to my knowledge today, the girl is still alive and God completely raised her from the bed from a phone call. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Because victory's coming. Amen. It's not just coming. It's here. Amen. Just never know what one person can do if you win that one person. We just ain't figured it out God yet and never will. As I was in that bamboo church, half the ceiling was gone. It's the month of April. At the end of the service, I'm sweaty. The hottest months of, in India are right now. <laughs> March, April, and May are the hottest months. And the other ones are not too far from that. Then in June, you have monsoon. <clears throat> Now, let me tell you, nothing like rain that comes down so hard and so fast, it fills all the open sewages up, and it runs in the street all together, and it's up to your hip in no time, and you have to walk in it. It's not a pretty sight. If you remember looking at that water that those people were baptized in, it's like sewage ponds. But 
They put them down by the thousands in Jesus' name. Nobody minds because there's water. What doth hinder you? But monsoon doesn't come, as I said, till June. <clears throat> and at the end of this service, they call them programs. At the end of the program, three men come in. <clears throat> We're in a village of 5,000 people. I mean, sometimes we, we drive as far as we can, and then we have to walk five miles to preach. And I go to places where they, <laughs> where they have never seen a foreigner before. And guess what? I'm the, I'm the first one they've seen. And my brother told me, he said, that ain't even fair. They think everybody looks like you. And I said, shut up. But, but I can't help it. <clears throat> Isn't God good? And they follow you around, waiting on you and watching you. And you know, you just, it's amazing. But three men came in and the translator said to me, brother, these are the three Hindu priests of the village. See, I'm beginning to talk like an Indian now. These are the three Hindu priests of the village. Ooh. Mm. They come up and they begin to talk to the national pastor. He said to me, oh, Brother Harish, Brother Harris, these are the three Hindu priests of the village. And this is a farming village. And their bore wells for three months have not produced water. Every year they produce water. And uh, the PVC runs, pipe runs out into the field because they are not going to get any rain till June. And, and they have to get the seed in the ground for them to have their harvest on time. And the bore wells have got to work. And for three months, they've had no water coming from the earth. Now, I didn't know what a bore well was. Maybe some of you don't. But I know what a well is. I can understand that. And they said, oh, brother, you must pray. Oh, bye. Mm. You must pray. And I said, ha, 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 which means yes, yes, yes. And, and, uh, and they said, because uh, this village, uh, they, they, they eat uh, uh, from their harvest and they also sell the vegetables to live on. And so if they don't have a harvest, uh, these villagers, they will die. You know, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, they can't go to Walmart. Nobody's going to help them. In India, uh, human life is of no value. And uh, if you're laying out in the street, we pass people. I walk by people that they may be dead, and uh, I'm afraid to find out. But nobody stops to help them. It's a very sad situation. So many people, and no one cares. The government won't take care of you. There's no Social Security. There's no welfare. No, there's none. So we had to turn to God. We began to pray. All I could pray was spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. Oh Lord, open up these, uh, uh, this, the earth again. Let water come and manifest your power. And so, you know, that's what we did. And we left there. Two days later, they, the national pastor called and he said, the Borwells have started producing water. We rejoiced. We were very happy. We thank God for his miraculous uh, miracle. That year, uh, I got to come to general conference. I, I got to come and I uh, was supposed to meet the board, to, uh, but I never made it. Uh, but anyway, I was there for general conference and uh, that was our intent. But... Uh, uh, <clears throat> 
But the phone rang in my room. I was uh, resting during the day, and it was a pastor from India. And he called me, and, uh, and we talked for a minute uh, in, in Hindi. And then uh, he said to me, uh, oh, brother, I have good news to tell you. He said the, the, the village, uh, uh, they harvested their crop, and they are very happy. And so I began to read rejoice about that but he said there's more he said we didn't know what God was going to do uh, but he said uh, he did mighty things he said the Sunday after the the villagers uh, harvested their crop at the end of service three Hindu priests came walking in and they bowed down in front of that national pastor in that straw hut he didn't know that he was fixed to get a new church he had no idea he didn't know what these Hindu priests were going to do. They are purely demon-possessed. Hindu believes, uh, Hindus believe in three, over 330 million gods. They have idols in their house. They have temples to their idols on every street corner. But God still moves. We come out of conferences and we look next door and a python temple is there. And up in the air, way high, is this snake, uh, a replica of a snake. And he's like 50 foot in the air. And it's cobra, I mean. And the cobra is rare back and he's spitting uh, uh, like he's going to spit. And, uh, and, and they go in there and they, millions worship him, the cobra god. There's thousands of gods. These priests lead them into the worship. They chant. Uh, I'm, they have ceremonies of their religious days right down in the apartment complex where I live. I hear it. I hear screaming. I hear horrible things. And I don't go out of my apartment for seven days for nothing. Me and my wife do not go out. We're planning on no UPC person goes out because there's so much spiritual activity going on that it's just terrific. We don't want to be uh, attacked unnecessarily. So, three Hebrew, three Hebrew priests, the three Hindu priests, they said to the pastors, we prayed to all of our gods and none of them answered us. But when you pray to your God, he brought life to our village. For without you praying to your God, we would have died. Our babies would have perished. So now we come to you and we ask that you introduce us to the God that gave us the harvest. And those pastors led those three Hebrew priests priest into repentance, Hindu priests. They cast demons out of them. They baptized them in Jesus' name. They received the Holy Ghost. And they went through the village of 5,000 of which they're the spiritual advisors. And they proclaimed, no one will worship idols anymore in this village. But we will all serve the one true living God who gave us a harvest, who brought water from the earth. Our gods could not do that. And we will not bow to them one more time. We will only bow to just you. Amen. And you said that 5,000 adults received the Holy Ghost in that village and were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ in a country that don't want Christianity. Amen. A government that's against it. Amen. We're in some places, amen, they'll cut your head off and they will 
killed him right on the spot. To, amen. For even professing any type of Christianity. But here is hunger. Amen. Here is a God that will come down just like the God that is coming down here right now. Hallelujah. And a God will come down and bless. And he will honor the faith of the people wherever they are. And your victory is on his train. Let's all stand. Let God use you right now. God's moved in this place in a mighty, mighty way. Let's wait on the Lord and see if he will speak to us. Miracles are in this place tonight. God's able to do anything. In a little town of Rector, Arkansas, two months ago that we preached at, God healed a man of four states cancer. It's not just in Asia. It's in America. God is doing mighty things. Amen. Hallelujah. I saw one woman in Texas. She wheeled her wheelchair up and she had broken her leg. Amen. And because it was swollen, they hadn't been able to put a cast on it, but they had a brace on it. And she wheeled in the middle of the service, she preaching, she wheeled it up and she took her stuff off. Amen. She was a good sized lady. Amen. And, and, uh, and, 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 and she, she took it off and threw it in the floor and got out of her wheelchair and she started dancing all over the place and the thing broke in a church of 25 uh, in one of those uh, churches where, uh, you know, North American missions build in one day, church in a day. Amen. God filled up that church. Amen. People come from all over and brought revival over one miracle. Amen. I say, me too, Lord, do it again. I'm joining the me too movement when it comes to the miraculous. If you did it over there, me too. Hallelujah. If you did it for her, come on, me too. If you did it for him, Lord, me too. I don't need no hashtag. I just know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.